presenting sponsor for this season of Wild Ideas Worth Living is Ford. Their 2021 Ford Bronco Sport is the SUV that'll get you to your outdoor adventures. It's an off-road SUV built for the thrill seeker, the sightseer, and the day tripper. This SUV has many available features to help you get to your destination. With enough ground clearance, off-roading capabilities, and purposeful design that includes easy to clean surfaces and plenty of interior space, this SUV is your gateway to the outdoors. The Ford Bronco Sport is equipped to help you get out there, to the mountain ranges, the woodland trails, and to the coast. You can learn more about what the Bronco Sport has to offer at Ford.com or in our show notes. Are we going to be able to play some of It's Going to Be a Good Day on this podcast? I would have to get my guitar. <laughs> Go get it. Let's do it. I'll just play you like a chorus. I love it. All right. It's going to be a good day. I don't know why, but it feels like love's coming my way. And the sun ain't even shining. It's the world going to keep on spinning. Let it keep spinning along my way. I got a feeling it's going to be a good day. There you go. That beautiful, soulful voice is country singer Brett Eldridge. To be honest, I'm not a huge country music fan. But listening to Brett sing, I am becoming a total convert. It's not just me who feels this way. Brett is a big deal in the country music world. He's gone on tour with huge stars like Blake Shelton and Taylor Swift. But a few years ago, Brett was feeling like all the time he spent on the road was draining his soul. He also felt like his desire for perfectionism was making him anxious. Brett needed to reset, so he decided to unplug and get outside. I'm Shelby Stanger, and this is Wild Ideas Worth Living. Brett performs in front of 40,000 person audiences, and you can even find gossipy articles about him in the tabloids. He's also a bit of a heartthrob. Fans love him. Before we dive into his decision to go off the grid, I asked Brett to take us back to when and how his singing career began. You know, you're turning me on to country music with your voice. Like, you have a great voice. Oh, thank you. I was really curious. Like, when did you get started singing? And tell us a little bit about your country music career. Uh, yeah, I started uh, as a kid, you know, nervous as, as hell. I would, I would stare at the floor and I'd be scared. And I was a shy, kind of introverted kid. But I had this big voice and I... I found a huge connection to the world by by getting it out. I just was scared to, to do that in front of people. But the more and more I started to get used to it a little bit, and I started to have support from people, and I started to love it, and I started to get in front of people, and I'd start to sing, and I'd start to love every performance a little more and more. And then it just became this thing where I was kind of known in my little town as the, as the kid with the big voice. And Maybe he's he's going places, you know, as people in a small town of 8,000 people in Illinois, you know, I had a lot of a lot of support and I eventually made the trek to Nashville and started knocking on doors and trying to find anybody that would want to hear my voice and listen to my songs. And, and I started writing songs and 
and just playing the smallest songwriter nights. Sometimes when there would be two people in the crowd, literally, sometimes there'd be nobody in the crowd and you'd just be playing to a sound guy, um, which was a very interesting experience. I still have flashbacks to those experiences when I'm, I've had that situation where I will, my brain will go to when I was playing in front of two people at a songwriter night where the, the lady was smoking cigarettes and singing harmonies to my song behind like a podium. It was the weirdest stuff. Like I just had all these weird, crazy experiences, but I learned so much about life and performing that way. And then I, you know, when I'm getting ready to go on stage at a festival of, with 40,000 people or something, and I'll, I'll flash back to those moments of when there was nobody in the crowd and those were just as important as the big ones. So I think I've just, I've been on a great journey with it and, it has continued to grow for me and been something that I enjoy more now than I ever did, even in the 10 years of doing this. Brett signed with his first record label in 2010. Since then, he's written countless songs and released several albums. He's toured across the country and his songs have topped the country music charts. But life in the spotlight wasn't all peaches and ice cream. Brett was always fixating on the next performance, always trying to create the perfect experience for his fans. A couple of years ago, he realized that something had to change. So he traded in his smartphone and he decided to spend several months out of the spotlight. You recently went off the grid to write an album. Why did you go off the grid and... um, what is going off the grid for you? Tell me what that means, because it can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. Yeah, as I say, it's definitely different in a lot of situations. Some people go live in the woods for, for months at a time and grow a giant beard and eat off the land. <laughs> me, I didn't do quite that, though. That sounds amazing. I got rid of my smartphone. I got a flip phone. I kind of went off on my own and, and went on a lot of travels on my own and kind of disconnected myself from a lot of the distractions of the world and in life at times and and got more focused into my passion and what I do. And once once I really stepped away from all that, I had like a, I had a Polaroid camera, I had a flip phone, I had a pen and pad, like I was fully analog pretty much, you know? And it was just so profound what you find out when you pull away those distractions. And I, and I, I started getting all these melodies pop in my head and all these lyrics and all these titles and all these different things because I wasn't, taking away from my my heart my soul and my my inner being so it was so powerful and i did it for quite a long time i'm just really curious why i'm always fascinated by why people do a wild i do like where did that come from i mean obviously there was a reason why you needed to go off the grid i i had pretty strong anxiety from i'm kind of a recovering perfectionist in a way where i'm always trying to i'm trying to control everything i can to be able to make sure i do everything perfect, which is not possible, but I had to learn that. Um, and so that was causing me a lot of anxiety and, and to step away from that and to embrace the imperfections was, was my goal. And, and I really would say I took a big stride in doing that. Of course, it's, it never leaves you completely, but when you have the awareness, I need to find more awareness of, of how I can handle that and just with myself. And, you know, I've been traveling on the road for 10 years. I've been different countries and three different cities a week for 10 years straight and and just never slow down 
the kind of taking on what's happened and where I am in my life and that that was really important for me to do. So that's that's what I really needed to step off the grid for. So Brett, thanks for sharing that because I have massive anxiety that's tied to perfectionism and it really is hard. And for me, the key has always been nature. That's been a big remedy for me. So when you're out there, I mean, did you go on hikes? Did you go on walks? Yeah. In fact, I became obsessed with hiking just because I learned how much I can get more connected that way. I mean, it's just, you know, it's our natural state. It's where we're supposed to be. But until I mean, I've, I've been hiking a little bit through the years, but not to the point where I almost go every day. Like if I don't go on a day, I'll at least go for a walk and just get outside. But getting in the woods and, and taking the time to see the, the leaves falling off the trees or the snow falling or, or the, the leaves budding and starting to grow and the world coming alive and the water from the rain, you know, running through the streams, all those different things are just sound like I'm being some super hippie or something. And hopefully I am because that's what I want to be like. That's that's where I'm supposed to be is out there in, in the elements and, and taking that all in. And once I really started to feel that, added so much to my life i started getting all these song ideas and lyrics and melodies while i'm on hikes whenever i'm having kind of a depressed down day i will go force myself sometimes even if it's easier to sit on the couch and wrap up in a blanket which is what your mind tells you to do be safe i go i gotta get outside and every time i do i'm i might still be a little bit on edge when i go on the hike but by the end of it i'm so glad i did it and it's just such a game changer I think. Well, there's science in there. And I think we're starting to learn that that's real. So there's the work of the neuroscientist, Andrew Huberman, who has a great podcast. And he talks about like, when you're outside in nature, and you even if when you look at an open vista, like your mind slows down. Um, there's a book called The Nature Fix that proves that being outside makes us healthier, happier, especially if you're a creative, we're able to make more creative segues or creative leaps when we're outside in nature. So tell me about the songs that you came up with. Well, I continue to come up with them by doing this. I mean, I, I went out to California. I'd like to spend a lot of time out there. Obviously, you can attest to the amazingness that is the beauty of California. But I kind of started my whole journey of disconnecting out there. And I'd go find as many different hikes as I could. So I think a lot of this whole Sunday Drive album that I just put out last year was kind of centered and rooted in, in a lot of those hikes in, in different ways like i might not even get an idea or a melody or write a song from the hike but i think you're creating that space for whatever you are in your life by going out there and do that like the, the amount of time that you're not focusing on the things that you feel like you're supposed to be focusing on and just be and look around and listen to the birds and, and feel your feet on the ground and going through the mud and all those things it's like those are all feeding to my music and to my lyrics and to my my soul. Is there a line that sticks out that came to you when you're outside? There's a line in this in this song Good Day that I just put out as as my new single and it's it's 42 cold and rainy. Something's got me thinking maybe it's going to be a good day. I don't know why, but it feels like love's coming my way and the sun ain't even shining. That's from that feeling on on, on several hikes, several days where I was struggling getting out in it and when it was 42 cold and rainy when people would be like stay inside you can also just bundle up and go for it and the weather might not be what is ideal but i remember a certain hike around that time to where i i put on the raincoat it was 
torrential downpour. It rains like crazy here at times. And I got out in it and I was like almost in pure bliss at a certain point of just laughter thinking, this is insane, <laughs> but I'm so glad I'm out here in it. And, and I think going towards that was huge. And that, and that line kind of came from that experience. We all have those days where the weather is gross and we're just not that motivated to get outside. But getting out there, no matter the conditions, has been key for Brett's creativity and mental health. When we come back, Brett talks about his latest album and how it was released at both the best and the worst time. Plus, he talks about how he incorporates the outdoors into his lifestyle as a busy musician. In the same pioneering spirit of our podcast, Teva is all about bringing wild ideas to life. Their premise is simple. Create a world with less plastic and more freedom. A bold concept? Absolutely. But let's not forget Teva was born from a bold idea on the Colorado River back in 1984. An innovator in the sport sandal category, Teva transitioned 100% of its iconic straps to traceable, verifiable recycled plastic using Reprieve yarn last year, diverting over 40 million bottles from landfills. They're back at it this spring, breaking the mold with a fresh batch of earth-friendly sandals. We're talking feel-good footwear that utilizes recycled materials and sustainable practices. So whether you're seeking a sidewalk-ready silhouette like the original Universal or hiking performance from the Terrify, Teva has a pair for you. Discover consciously crafted Teva sandals this spring with select colors available at your local REI and at REI.com. During his digital hiatus, Brett wrote the album Sunday Drive, and he released it early on in the pandemic. In some ways, it was unfortunate timing. Like so many musicians, Brett's live concerts were completely canceled. But his song, Good Day, also reached the public at just the right time. It added a little extra optimism when people needed it most. I'm really curious. So Sunday Drive, you know, you were so vulnerable when you wrote that. It was raw. It was real. I imagine the response has been great because people really appreciate honesty and vulnerability. And one thing is you're not the only one going through anxiety right now. I mean, they called it the Great Depression a long time ago, but this feels like the great anxiety, like the time we're in right now. Yeah, I think the vulnerability of embracing the vulnerability was, was huge for me because I was always looked like I was the most laid back dude ever. And everybody thought of me as that in the media, I'd be on TV shows and I'd have like a panic attack on a TV show, but no one would know because I was trying to like hold all that in. I was, I mean, I'm still very chill on, on a lot of my aspects of my life, but you know, just certain things would, would kind of set it off. Well, then I started opening up about it. First of all, like in my, with myself and with my music, it started to pour into that. And, and like in recordings, I was recording organically. If it, the note wasn't exactly right on the session and somebody missed a note on the piano too, or whatever it is, it's like, no, that stuff's awesome. That actually trying to embrace that in my life of, of, of embracing the screw ups and the not perfects and the being okay with that. And it actually, that's what everybody wants because everybody is imperfect. And to be able to be reminded that for myself and then also so I can help other people, it really 
really became a superpower, I think, in a way to help me through all that and to know I can also help other people. And, and so that's, that's been a big, big move for me is embracing that vulnerability. And, and, and right now, especially with this song, Good Day, I just put out is like setting an intention from the moment I wake up in the morning, I meditate kind of on that kind of feeling of, yeah, it's going to be a good day. It doesn't mean it's, it's going to be a perfect day. It doesn't mean everything's going to go right. It might mean that nothing's going to go right, but at least I'm, I'm choosing to put my best foot forward and know that there's going to be things that come at me that I can't control and uh, being vulnerable about that and, and with my music is, is huge for me. I'm excited for you. I think a lot of people are going to pack stadiums to see you live very soon. 40,000 people, that, that's no joke to play in front of that many people. Is, is there any tactics you do to get over nerves? or? In the past, there was a point where I never worried about it. And there's a point where I tried to hold up to that perfection. I need my voice to be perfect every night, all that stuff. So I went through a stage where I would almost pass out before I went on stage. And this is when I had several number one songs. I had a lot of success. But for whatever reason, I was telling myself, I got to be perfect. And so it was freaking me out. And it was just making me crazy anxiety all day. You sit there on the bus waiting for the show that's at nine o'clock. And you're sitting there at 8 a.m. like just feeling like you're losing your mind. Well, then I started to work on myself, getting out, seeing the different cities. I'm going to three different cities a week. I go outside and I go on hikes and start seeing things. And then I started before the show, I do a dance party with the band where we just play like the most ridiculous songs that will make you not take life serious. I don't care what it is, Barbie girl or something like that. I love it. <laughs> something hilarious, like random. We'll play fun songs that we all love too, but we'll play something that's just like goof off as much as you can, be ridiculous, shake out that that extra nervous energy because that's all that is that you're feeling before a show or before you're gonna pass out or whatever, you're in that fight or flight mode or whatever. So if you if you move with that that excess energy, that has been a huge release for me. And then I get up on stage and I'm, I'm always like, why was I feeling that way before the show? This is what I love to do. So anytime, that's kind of my ritual is a pre-show dance party. I love the mental image of Brett breaking it down to Barbie Girl. It's great that he's found ways to manage his stress and anxiety around performing. Since Brett has come back on the grid, he's also changed his daily routine. He limits his screen time to two hours a day, and he's taken up some outdoor hobbies that keep his mind clear and his creativity flowing. So let's talk about your other hobbies. You fly fish and you run. I don't really know a lot about fly fishing. I got a friend who's like the top fly fisherman in, in the country, according to his wife. I don't know if he really is, but, but um, yeah, he's awesome. Tell me, do you do fly fish a lot in, in Nashville? So I, I do a lot of it, actually. I, I've, I've just bought all the gear to do it here in Nashville now, too. Um, but I've, a lot of the time I've gone out, out west. You know, like I love to go in Tahoe, uh, the little Truckee yeah. River in Tahoe, um, uh, Montana. You know, there's so many great spots out west. There's great spots all over the country, really. And that's what I, I started to figure out. Is like a lot of artists golf while they're on the road. I'm not a big golfer. Uh, I don't have anything again. I would love to put in the time to do that, but it just frustrates me and I get a lot more enjoyment out of fishing. So uh, I, I, I decided, you know what, I'm going to invest and get all the good gear. I'm going to I'm gonna stock up so I have no excuse uh, that I have, to, I have to go out there and start getting in the water because I just feel so free when I get out there in the streams and, and the surround. It's like, it's like being on hikes, but 
adding another element to it with, with fishing and being staying in the middle of that stream with your waders on or whatever feels so free, even if you don't even enjoy fishing, just getting out there and all of a sudden you realize there's such an art to it. And after you get yourself untangled a few times and figure out that, uh, you know, even if I do get tangled up, at least I'm out here in this and like, I just love that. And so fly fishing has been a big, big thing. Yeah, it looks so peaceful just sitting out there and you're in nature. And then when you catch fish, I'm sure it's pretty thrilling. Yeah, it's very thrilling. And then with the running thing, I've I've just been so at the beginning of the pandemic, I was running a little bit, but I, I was like, I want to do something that I normally haven't done. I want to find some resilience because I know this is going to be brutal. It's going it's, to it's, you know, on me because I, I'm used to traveling. I'm used to doing all this stuff. Now I'm going to have to sit with this anxiety in my own place or just, you know what I mean? And I, I, I don't want to um, have to sit with that. I, I, I need to move. And uh, so I figured, I was like, I want to find resilience in a different way than I ever have. And so I decided I want to get into running. Um, I remember I was going to run a, a half marathon, um, even though there weren't any going on. I was just like, I'm going to go do my own, you know? And so I got, I got, I got a, I got a running watch. I started, uh, really just hitting the streets and by, you know, I'd start four miles uh, a day or whatever. And then I was, I was, then I got on a plan where I was, I was following like a, a, a marathon plan. And the next thing you know, five miles is the most I ever ran. And then all of a sudden I'm running eight miles every other day. And then, and then all of a sudden I'm running 12. And then the next two weeks later, I'm, I run 13.1 and I think the, the thing I love about it and still love about it um, is that uh, I find the times in the moments in a run where my mind tells me to give up or to stop. Your mind gives up way earlier than what really you're capable of doing. But, you know, and so to hear those voices and then prove those voices wrong, those are just thoughts and I can push through them. And I know I had the training. I've done this. I can go a little farther and focus on this mile right here and not worry about the next one, focus on this. Finding that resilience just moved more into my personal life too on the things that I can can actually handle and, and, and go through. And, and so I think that that was the biggest lesson with running. I'm kind of obsessed with it now and I love it. I love running. That's so cool. I don't know exactly the uh, right form and everything. I just know the more I... I uh, get out and do it the more I want to do it. And, I, and the more I, especially for the mental aspect, like if I'm like teetering on, should I, or should I, should I just stay on the couch or should I go out there and run? If I get myself to go out there while I'm in the middle of that run, that, that endorphin rush by the end of it, I just feel like I took a medication of, uh, and I think I, I read that like 30 minutes of, of running is like a, is like a Xanax equalness of running, which uh, it does. It really does make me feel like that, like a natural Xanax or something or natural medicine. Back in the day, I tried all the medicines for anxieties and everything. And, and I found through the years and trying different things that really the natural state was the best for me. And, and uh, using exercise and getting outside has been the medicine for me. And, and, and so that's where I just recommend is get out there and put in the work and, and it will work for you as well. It seems like you also ran recently for a cause and raised a lot of money for, was it mental health awareness? Yes, for uh, 
Mental Health America. I trained for the half marathon. I didn't have all the hoopla to be surrounding me with a bunch of people and bands playing and thousands of people running next to me, you know, which I feel like would be so much easier to have that. Yeah, but I'm, but I'm glad I experienced it this way because I had to lean into the tough stuff that was going on in my life and just around everywhere. I was like, okay, this is a whole different experience, but I'm going to embrace this. So through the whole journey and when I started kind of talking way more extremely open, really, about anxieties and stuff I've gone through, I was like, I want to help other people that are going through it like me. And so I partnered with Mental Health America and I ran this half marathon to support them and raise a lot of money for that and thousands of dollars. And I know a lot of people are going through a lot and and uh, I, wanna, I want them to know that that uh, that's all right. Whether you're an outdoor athlete or a country singer or a beautiful Wild Ideas listener, there are moments when we all feel like we're going through a lot. I appreciate Brett for adding his voice to the conversation about mental health. Brett's story reminds us that getting out into nature can help calm us, ground us, restore us, and even spark creativity. So many people talk about ditching their technology, but so few of us actually do it. I love that it led Brett to create more meaningful art. If you want to stay in touch with Brett or see where he's going to be performing, check out his website, bretteldridge.com. That's B-R-E-T-T-E-L-D-R-E-D-G-E.com. You can also find him at Brett Eldridge on social media. Once again, that's at B-R-E-T-T-E-L-D-R-E-D-G-E. Brett, thank you so much for coming on this show. I get very nostalgic every time I remember you singing during this interview and every time I hear your voice. It was awesome, and I could feel your energy across the internet. Wild Ideas Worth Living is part of the REI Podcast Network. It's hosted by me, Shelby Stanger, written and edited by Sylvia Thomas, and produced by Chelsea Davis. Our executive producers are Paolo Motola and Joe Crosby, and our presenting sponsor is Ford. As always, we love it when you follow, rate, and review the show wherever you listen. I read every single one of your reviews. They mean a ton. And remember, some of the best adventures happen when you follow your wildest ideas. <laughs>